Welcome to the Generation Y Podcast. My name is Will. And I'm Jean. And this is a podcast in a community designed to help young adults thrive. Because young adulting is hard and we just want to help. So in today's episode, we are doing our second installment of a monthly series we started called Book Report, where we read some of our favorite books and we share what we learned. And today is my book report. And I'll tell you what I read in just a second. But for now, welcome to the Generation Y Podcast. Okay, hi guys, my name's Brun. This is my book report. Today, I did my book report on a book called, that we've referenced on the show at least so two or three times. times. And the book is Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Now, the reason that I chose this book is that it changed my life in mm-hmm. so many ways. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the fly high spark notes version of this book. And if you haven't read this book, I... I'm sure, I hope you will find this helpful. And if you have, maybe it'll cause you to look at some of these things in a new light and with a new perspective. Absolutely. This book was an absolute game changer for me. I had never thought I was someone that didn't have boundaries because I'm pretty outspoken. Um, I read this book and I was like, oh. Oh, I have none. You're miserable because you have no boundaries. Yes. Exactly. So we, our aim is to make it fun, to make it useful and uh, to make it personal. So we'll tell you some that we chose for our life, but obviously some of those are personal for you. Before we get into that, I want to let you know, uh, our last episode was our Netflix picks and we asked you to send in some shows that we should watch and we've been watching some of those and love them. One oh, of those that we so haven't good. seen that we just started is The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which obviously I know it's not on Netflix. It's on Amazon Prime, but it's wonderful. It's just so good. Oh, I realize I didn't turn on our little bulb here, our little oh, lamp. To start. Yeah, now we're, now now we're, we're cooking. Vibing, now we're vibing. This grease. is where it starts to kick off. See, Anyway, the show is great. I give it a 8.7, Which is really high praise. It's just one of the best. We're very invested. Uh, we're in season two. No spoilers. No spoilers. Now, some of you actually recommended that we go back into Netflix and search their movies and dig into like our early 2000s favorite movies. And I realized I was a massive Jim Carrey fan as a kid. And I stumbled upon one of my favorite movies of his called Yes Man. Oh, I thought you were going to say The Mask with Cameron Diaz. Also Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Diaz. Um, well, that was actually my favorite movie as a kid. And really? I, yes. And I did impressions from that movie on the playground all the time. Oh. I, 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 Ace Ventura was Thrilled my, my friends. Ace Ventura. Anyway, speaking of being a Yes Man, that it, what a wonderful transition here. In, Truly. Into... Into boundaries. What a great illustration of the good and bad of having no boundaries. That's right. So we just start. I, I guess we'll start by saying this: that the opposite of having boundaries isn't being a yes man. It isn't saying yes to everything, nor right. is it saying no to everything. Obviously, life is all about balance. So. <laughs> today's really going off the rails fast (laughs) but anyways so the idea of this is is that a lot of us and us included we say yes to things and this is a quote from the book but we say yes to things in order to gain respect Mm -hmm. but the irony is that nobody respects a yes person absolutely i'll say that again we say yes to things to gain respect but nobody respects a yes person just think of think about in your relationships and in your job we say yes all the time and eventually we don't gain respect or we don't even gain sometimes a promotion or whatever it is we're yeah. looking for. Or we, or we seem to get kind of walked all over by yes. friends or family members. And we're like, but why I'm being so kind. It's not being reciprocated. It's like, well, because 
you have no boundaries. Yes. And I would argue like sometimes saying no to things gets you more than saying yes does. Right. It's and all I about will, how you do it and like, when. Yes. And something that I think is important to note is this, is that a yes to something is a no to something else. You're uh, never just saying yes. Right. Right. If I am saying yes to dinner with you, I am saying no to dinner, to dinner with everyone else. If I'm saying, Correct. you know, it's always, there's always on the other side of every yes is a no. And on the bright side, sometimes saying no to something that looks like an opportunity, but you're like, saying no to it means you get to say yes to something that you actually want to do. For instance, if someone's trying to sell you essential oils, just <laughs> say yes. <no. laughs> Advocate care. I mean, just don't. And I'm just kidding. Uh, but yes, that I mean, on the other side of every yes is a no. And so I want to talk a little bit about, again, what things we what things we should be saying yes to, mm-hmm. what things we should be saying no to. I remember a news resolution I had at one point was to say yes to more things and no to more things. It just depends on how you look at it. So as you're talking about these, we're going to break it into three categories for these boundaries. And the three categories are boundaries with relationships, with career, and with technology. So there's going to be some overlap in those, but we want to get really ground level. And first, I want to just start out with this. What is a boundary? This comes from page 102 from the book, <laughs> The Law of Exposure. It says this. It page says a, 390. If everyone is following along, you can turn your, your books to page 102. It says The Law of Exposure. It says a boundary is a property line. It defines where you begin and end. We have all been discussing why you need such a line. One reason stands out above all the rest. You do not exist in a vacuum. You exist in relation to others. Your boundaries define you in relation to those around you. The whole concept of boundaries has to do with the fact that we exist in relationship. Therefore, boundaries are really about relationships and finally about love. And that's why the law of exposure is so important. So it's really just saying boundary really is, hey, this is where I, I begin and end. This is my space Ooh, MySpace. Ready for that throwback? Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a, a few of those boundaries that, you know, why we struggle to create those in these areas. And then some some that we have set that we think will be helpful for you. Sure. And I want to just preface it with this as a whole in all of these categories. It is always easier to set a boundary up front right. at the beginning of mm-hmm. a job, at the beginning of a relationship, at the beginning of whatever it is. It's way easier to set a boundary up front than it is to go back a few weeks or months in and realize, oh no, I'm so I'm spread so thin. Now I've yeah. got to create some boundaries. Or years, a whole family dynamic. Exactly. So let's start with relationships. Right. Now, the again, there's honestly like three subcategories in relationships, which is family, friends, significant others. Mm-hmm. Now the idea of boundaries is going to be the same, but there's just different applications. Well, because there's different levels of ownership. Right. So the first thing I want to hit on in boundaries with relationships is the difference in being responsible for someone and being responsible to someone. Right. Something that was really hard for me to say when I was growing up and even now was to say, I'm not responsible for the way that you feel. Because I always was like, oh, yeah, you, I, I, how I act affects you, which is true, but I am not responsible for your happiness. We've all met those friends where I had a friend at one point where I felt like they made me feel like I was responsible to cure their loneliness. 
Like I was responsible for their happiness, mm-hmm. which is impossible. The Absolutely. Di- it's too much pressure to put on one person. And it's the same thing. Um, and I've probably been both people in this scenario, but like where you feel like you're responsible for their mental health. You, a friend or family member wants you to be their counselor and their, uh, their, their personal trainer yes. and their, all their things. And, and if you do it, you're just enabling them, but you're afraid to draw a boundary because you yeah. want them to not feel loved by you. Yes. The only time you're actually responsible for someone is if they are in your care. They are your yes. child. Um, I, even if it's an you elderly have a, parent, a lizard, or maybe you're a not responsible for their feelings. I will tell you, I am responsible for the greenery and the plants in this house. And if we're gauging how good of a job I'm doing caring for them, I shouldn't be responsible for no, anything. It's very medium. <laughs> You're very medium at you, that. I will say you are responsible for you. You are responsible for yourself. However, you have to understand the other side of that, being responsible to someone, is knowing that how I behave affects you. Right. Right. I'm not responsible for the way that you behave. I'm only responsible for me. But I know that my behavior affects you. I know that my decisions, I'm responsible for my decisions, but I know that my decisions affect you. So, for example, if you have a friend who is really struggling and they're really depressed and they keep coming to you and you tell them, hey, I really think that you should talk to a counselor. I'm not trained in this, but they keep coming to you. You are responsible to them in that yes. you understand they're going through something really hard and that they need your compassion and your grace. And and so you are responsible to them to not make the situation worse, but you are not responsible for their mental health. So drawing a boundary there is actually the responsible and loving thing to do. Yes, that's great. Because no relationship was meant to carry the mantle of friend and counselor and therapist and pastor and right. you know whatever and and ATM and you know whatever well, there's it an is. illustration somewhere in this book as well about a backpack and right. how every person is supposed to carry their own backpack right and that is basically the backpack symbolizes like you're just day-to-day regular life like paying for your gasoline for your car, right. um, uh, getting your work done, like ba- just general being responsible for yourself. And then they talk about boulders. And boulders are the things like their house burned down or they their best friend just died or something like that. Right. That is something where helping them carry the, ba- yeah. the boulder for a period of time is you're not necessarily taking responsibility for them but you are being responsible to them and being a good friend. But if you carry that boulder for them all the time, yeah. you are now not being a responsible friend. Well, what you're doing is you are actually enabling them to, to, to carry boulders all the time. We all have those friends where you're like, how does it seem like a, a catastrophe happens to you all the time? Like, how are you always? And in, and in some ways, it's, you know, people have always come alongside them to bail them out where they've never had to like right. dig in and just go, hey, you and know it what? it seems like love. And yet we, Tough love. we steal their opportunity to build their own confidence and their ability to power through so that they can get to the point where they're just wearing the backpack again. Right. Um, so one other illustration I thought was great in this book um, that kind of still touches on the being responsible for and being responsible to is that sometimes you have to let people feel their own consequences. And there was a really good example mm-hmm. in the book about this. If you want to read it. Oh, yeah. So I'll read this quickly. Um, and this is really about the law of responsibility. But it's about there's a, a couple here and 
You can really replace this with any relationship, but this is just the one that they provided. It said, a friend of mine decided to let his wife suffer the consequences of her chronic lateness. He had complained and complained to his wife about her tardiness to no avail. Finally, he realized he could not change her. He could only change his response to her. Again, that's responsible for versus responsible to. Tired of suffering the consequences of her behavior, he decided to give them back to her. One night, they had plans to go to a banquet, and he did not want to be late. In advance, he told her that he wanted to be on time and that if she were not ready by 6 p.m., he would leave without her. She was late, and he left. When he came home that night, she screamed, How could you leave without me? He let her know that her lateness was what caused her to miss the banquet and that he was sad to have to go alone, but he did not want to miss the dinner. After a few more incidents like this, she knew that her lateness would would affect her and not him, and she changed. These moves are not manipulative, as the other spouse will accuse. They are examples of someone limiting how they will allow themselves to be treated in exhibiting self-control. The natural consequences are falling on the shoulders of the responsible party. That is so good. So, obviously, there's there's some preface to that. I mean, I wouldn't recommend, like, if you're in any relationship, if you're like, if you're not ready by six, I'm leaving without you. This is the first time we're bringing this up. You know, that was probably a buildup of a long time. Sure. But that, yeah. But even, I like how he even illustrated, he had to saddle up for some discomfort because it was not well received. But in the end, I think a a lot of the payoff to setting boundaries is the long game. Yep. Agreed. Okay. So I think some helpful boundaries in relationships. One is to set clear expectations. So if this is a friendship, tell them how much time you have to give. Like if if you make it appear as though you're going to be available all the time, you've got so much availability to really pour into them for a deep friendship and then they can't get a hold of you and they see you once a month, like just set the expectation up front. Um, something, a way that's kind of played out with my family is like, we just sat down with them recently and we were like, Hey, we love being at family functions, family events. And my family's huge. It's like a small army every time we get together for dinner. And, you know, we just had to say, we want to be here. We can't always do that. We can't always be here at everything. So we just want to clearly set the expectation up front that we're going to try to be at what we can but sometimes we need time that's just for us. Sometimes we, as we start our own family, that's just, you know, our new family unit, it might be a thing that we've always done with you. It might be Christmas morning. Sometimes we might just need to do that just us, just to clearly set the expectation up yeah, front. Whatever it is for you and every every person comes with their own boundaries that they need to set. When you are setting a boundary after a dynamic has already been in play for a long time, you need to go into it preparing yourself that they might not respond in a super positive way. Right. The feelings might get hurt. Oh, why don't you want to come to this stuff anymore? What did we do wrong? Or why don't you give me more of your time? Or, you know, the repercussions can feel like you feel like you're being called selfish or that you're not loving or um, that you're going to lose opportunities or anything like there yeah. are it feels like there are consequences right sometimes but the thing is the trade-off on this is that you don't set a boundary and so people get all of you and yeah. you're over here upset because you don't get to have any over ownership over your life it's better for them to be upset for a little while and then you're actually able to have a relationship a little further down the road that actually works for both of you. Yes. 
Agreed. And then that kind of ties into the second one. But I put on this like avoid toxic friendships. But by toxic, I can also mean like people that are that feel like soul sucking or people that feel like when you get done hanging out with them, you're more exhausted than you were before. It's not necessarily filling, but it's almost like an investment that you're putting in. Right. Like maybe limit the amount of time that you spend with those people. Because again, your yes to something is a no to something else. So if you're constantly with someone who's sucking the life out of you, or it feels like, gosh, I just, they're all, they always need my help and you feel like you have nothing left to give, then to the other relationships in your life, maybe it's a significant other, they come home and like, why are you always tired? Or when I want to talk about something that's going on, a struggle in my life, you feel like you have nothing left to give me. Well, it's because your yes to that friend is a no someone else. right then. So, Absolutely, because we have a finite amount of energy. We do. Okay. Uh, and then with uh, transitioning us quickly into just the realm of significant others, which I think there's a whole different realm here than some of the other just friends and family. Um, And again, this is personal, like for you, creating boundaries with you and your significant other is an incredibly personal thing. It's however you decide to do it. But we're just going to share one, why I think that's important, and then some that we've created. So one, why it's important is when you create boundaries in a relationship like that, it's like creating guardrails on a mountain road. You don't create the guardrails at the edge of the cliff. You create them far from the edge of the cliff so that if you do hit it, you do cross the boundary, the consequences are small. Versus if you run your tires off the edge of the cliff, the consequences are detrimental. So, you know, some that we have created are, I've shared, my passwords are shared to everything. There's no passwords that either of us have that the other don't know. Um, We don't have serious conversations after 10 p.m. Because we know that usually nothing good comes from that. Yeah, it's just going to keep us awake and And then stress us out. Yeah, another one we have is uh, an abbreviation HALT, which stands for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Mm -hmm. And so we try to avoid um, hard conversations if we are one of those things, which I'm always hungry. So we can really just say (laughs) I'm I'm three of those things right now. (laughs) We shouldn't even be doing this podcast right now. Halt! We're breaking Uh, our boundaries. But you might just get, you know, in a conversation and on the other side of that, you're like, I was just tired or I was just, I was just feeling like, you know, I was just angry from something else and it made me shortened. Mm-hmm. But those are pers- a few personal ones, um, you know, that we have that you, I mean, again, create those for yourself, but create them nonetheless, because if you cross those. There's a lot of freedom once yeah. once you set them and you, and you both start working toward them. Um, it's just a lot less stress, a lot fewer misunderstandings. It is. Okay, so moving on to career. Now, talking about some boundaries with work, this is... This is hard. This really is hard because it feels like creating boundaries with work and career are in direct contrast with climbing the corporate ladder or moving toward that promotion. It it feels like you have to say yes to everything. And I don't think that's true. Well, also, I think that we do... We are growing up in this culture that basically says, hey, I have to pay my dues. And we had a guest recently, our good friend Erin Eddy, who talked about when she first started like her big girl job and how she just said yes to absolutely everybody. Can I do this? Can you take this on? Will you add this to your plate? And I mean, she never said no. And and she thought, oh, this is going to open doors. I'm going to um, get a promotion or get a raise or something's going to happen. 
And in the end, she realized that when those times came, those people weren't there. And that by saying yes all the time, it actually cost her their respect. Right. Because nobody respects somebody that always says yes. Now, I do think that there, again, it's about balance. It's about balance. (laughs) But I do think that there's something to be said for putting in your dues in some regard. Especially at the beginning. It is true. Right. If you walk in day one and you're like, listen, that's that's not (laughs) in my job description. I'm the captain captain now. now. Um, But again, finding that balance is important. But I think one common one is getting saddled with another person's responsibilities. You know, like I think of an example and, you know, another job that I was in. It seemed like I was constantly asked to do something that was outside of my job description. And I was asking the question, how long do I continue to do this? Or do I say, hey, I just want to this is not what I was hired to do. This is not within my job description. And and the, the way that I eventually said that was, hey, my yes to this is a no to something else. So you have asked me to do all of these responsibilities. I can do this thing that you've just asked me to do, but something from this list has to go. And I think that... In order, it puts you know, the responsibility back on, yes. the, on the asker's shoulders of, you asked me to do this extra thing, but now you have to decide which thing I'm going to give to you to do because it can't all be done. Yeah. It's a nice little sleight of hand. It is. It was kind of sneaky. But But I totally understand being early in a job where you feel like you can't say no. I think a very important thing to do when you're trying to navigate what do I say to whom and when do I say it is learn about the company culture. Yeah, that's so good. If they have boundaries and you think that they will actually back you up, then I think having a very respectful conversation that is not about I well they'll think I can't handle all this work and and it's not about that it's about you being respected and honored for what you were hired to do. Yes. And I have been in jobs where they even talked about having healthy boundaries. But I was expected on top of doing my job to do a handful of other things that basically amounted to the same hours as my job. And despite it seeming like the boundaries were in place, there was a feeling that if I said anything, it would actually look bad on me and cost me something. Yeah. And in those situations, if you don't think you can set a boundary, then your boundary needs to be, I will only work here for a season and I'm going to start looking for other jobs. Yeah. And another thing is if the person that you're working for doesn't have any boundaries, you're don't, not going to yeah, either. Don't expect to be to have your boundaries respected. And if you are lucky yep. enough to be going into a brand new job and you are you still haven't signed a contract or whatever the situation is, that is the best time to set those boundaries. Yeah. The second one is too much over time. And I, this one, for, and all of these two with work, first of all, all the grace, you know, all the grace in your life. Sprinkle. I totally understand that there are times in your life where you're just on the grind. You're on the grind time, prime time. You know, prime you're, time, prime, prime time, time, prime oh, time. Day. Well, you're putting it in and you're just like, you know what? Like, this is the time. This is the season. I've got to work till midnight every night. Like, We've all been there. And you know what? And maybe you're not in a place in your life where you can say, hey, there's a there is a a start and an end to my work. And you know what? Maybe your boundary is, like you said, I'm going to do this until I am in a serious relationship or I'm Mm going to do this until I have a A nervous breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do this until I have a caffeine panic attack. Only, you know, but also you have to be really honest with yourself because I think I probably went through a five year period where I worked like that. And what I didn't do was take a step back and realize 
hey, is this actually working towards your final goal? Are you happy? Are you healthy? Do you have balance in your life? And if I had just been honest with myself, I would have realized that I was just spinning my wheels. Yeah. I, it's so true. And I have friends too. I mean, my, one of my roommates I used to live with is a, is a lawyer and he's at a, at a law firm. And, and I remember him getting emails, like we'd be watching a movie or something, you know, a show and he'd get an email like 1130 PM. Like, sorry, man, I got to get up and work on this for a minute. And it, a minute would be like till one o'clock in the morning. Right. And I was like, do you, do you do that all the time? He was like, do I have to, like, if I don't respond, like I fall behind. And you know, I was like, some wow, fields like you just have to some industries are like that and that is the expectation and just know you cannot you cannot you can't do that forever no you cannot go like that forever Our, your body and your brain is not designed to um and yeah. there is a price of saying yes to that you're saying no to other things but fine however some of us work like that and we don't work in those industries yes you don't have to so yeah. this isn't about whether they're setting a boundary this is about you not setting a boundary if if you are not expected to be checking your email at 8 p.m., you're not expected to reply, but you're doing it anyways. You are the guilty party here. And also, mm, you are creating an expectation for your boss right. that you will always be available, that you have no boundaries. And now, even where they might have respected your free time, they're going to be like, well, she's always she's always yep. answering her email. I, I always get a, the quickest response. And now... Now they don't have boundaries for you. Right, exactly. And that ties us into the next one, which is expecting too much of work. And there, I forget the exact percentage, but I think it was about 80. So like 80% of people said that they find more personal fulfillment in their offices than they do in their homes, which is sad, but also it's a monster that we've created. Yeah, with our, it's not surprising when yeah. you think about our culture of just constantly being like bombarded with... Yeah, with a star-spangled, awesome American dream that we're all chasing that, you know, and so with that, you're kind of thinking, I have to, like, I find my fulfillment here. Who will I be if I don't, if I'm not this Exactly. Um, Which I think that the thing is, it's so easy to get sucked into that. And we are not sitting here trying to tell you, don't work hard and chase your dreams and become very successful. Like, make that money. Yeah. Uh, Send us some. Um, But... Just, you know, my Venmo is Will Dash. Haberdasheries. Um, (laughs) But truly, you talk to anybody who was very successful and they care most about their relationships at the end. And if you don't have boundaries with work and you're finding all your fulfillment in work, you will not have, you are saying yes to that and no to your relationships. So this again... Balance. It's all about it's balance. It's all about balance. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Sounds like there's glue in your mouth when you say that. So the last one here quickly is taking work-related stress home. And, you know, maybe you need to create a boundary with like, hey, at, after dinner, we don't talk about work, you know, or, you know, we've gone on walks where we've said, hey, on this walk, we don't talk about work. We're just going to talk about something else because it can so quickly take the place of connection, a relational connection. It can. Well, and I think it, it causes a lot of stress. There's a difference. And I think that everybody has to sort of evaluate it for themselves. There's a difference in talking to a friend or a partner or somebody about, hey, there's this thing at work and I don't really know how to handle it. And then there's just venting, right. which I'm not saying there's not a place for that either. We all love it. But there is time you need to protect. And I think that that first hour that you're awake And the hours before you go to sleep, you need to have time that's for you, that you can focus on your relationships and not on work. Otherwise, you never really left work. Agreed. So some boundaries that 
you know, again, we put in place for work, but it, you might not be in this place or might not have the luxury to do it. So take this with a grain of salt. But some of those that we put in is have a clear beginning and end to your workday. Mm-hmm. You know, like at, after, say it's 6 p.m. After 6 p.m., I do not respond to emails right. until the next morning at 9 and it's all about work-life balance. <laughs> so a clear beginning and end to your workday. Uh, another one, and this was this kind of goes back to our um, working from home episode, which was to have a designated workspace. Um, now, most of us usually have offices that we go to or a place of work that we go to, but not right now. I mean, not right, right now, most of us are working from home. And if that's true, create a boundary around your workspace. Maybe yeah. that's a door. Maybe it's a, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I strongly would recommend that that isn't your bedroom or your bed. Like if you can avoid working in your bed, do it because what your brain is doing is it's making the delineation between this is a place that I rest versus this is a place where I work. And so if you can have a designated space where you Mm -hmm. work and a designated space where you rest, and then, you know, this one's pretty clear too, but have a, have times that you are unavailable. Just to say, Hey, you know, if for instance, yeah, it goes back to our last point, right? We went to Charleston this, you know, past weekend. For Labor Day, and we just said, "Hey, I'm going to be unavailable." This, this. So if you call me, like, I'm not going right. to answer this week. Well, and you that's know. not just for work. I like text my dad and my sister, and I text right. my friends, and I said, "Hey, I'm not going to be responding to like if it's emergency, fine, but but right. I'm unavailable." And you know, they're like, "Great, enjoy yourself." Yep. Um, which again, perfect segue into the third category, which is. Technology. technology technology so this one i mean this is honestly it's going to permeate its way into Everything. career and work and relationships it is one of the biggest thieves of mm. you know happiness and relational connection i think that exists today but it which is ironic because it also can be used for connection as, yeah as a tool to help us connect with each other but we don't use it for that <laughs> no we don't we we use it for, for consumption instead of connection and and there is a big difference there consumption is one way connection is two way so uh, with technology the biggest problem with technology as it relates to boundaries is that now you are always on call you're always available yeah. Right. You remember back in the day when like uh, people had pagers? Yeah, my dad had one. Yeah, mine did too. And like wore it on his belt, everything. Yes. Even in the movie uh, Bruce Almighty, he has a pager. I'm like, oh where was gosh. this movie made? We really went on a Jim Carrey kick yeah, we did. during quarantine. We might, we might watch one tonight. Anyway, he's got this pager going off, which is like, hey, call me. And I think they, they use a story in this book and there's these uh, couple guys that are hanging out. I think they're playing golf. Um, a couple of guys being guys. A couple of guys being dudes. A couple, couple of dudes, dudes being, being guys. A couple guys playing golf. <laughs> so they're playing golf and it's like, hey, don't you have to be at work? It's like, oh yeah, I'm on call. The uh, the hospital's like one mile away. And so if, as soon as they page me, like if they do, I have to go. Like whether we're in the middle of a, of a hole, I got to go kind of thing. But now it's that way all the time. I mean, if you sleep with your phone, most of us sleep within our, with our phones within arm reach of mm-hmm. us, arm's reach. Which means like basically my my boss could call me at any time and I would hear it. Yeah. And so we're more available and accessible than ever. So the challenge is to how to make ourselves unavailable or unaccessible, which, you know. Even voluntarily to our own technology. Right. And I think there, there even there's actually even anxiety that happens yeah. in our brains when we are away from our phones. For instance, right now, both of our phones are on the table face up so that I can see it anytime it lights up just in case. 
And it's just, it's really, really hard. It's anxiety inducing. And different universities have done research on this and they have found that the use of our phones is actually causing an increased amount of anxiety and depression in people. Right. And that being separated from our phones creates even more anxiety. I know that what they're saying is true because even at night, even though I purposely decided to charge my phone across the room, my Instagram will light up in the middle of the night. Even if it's not important, it's still creating the feeling that I'm missing something. Yeah, and I think the proverbial question that we're asking and the anxiety that we feel is this question of what if. Oh, but what if? And I think what it really is, is what if we miss an opportunity? What if this person calls? Or what if this happens? Oh, oh, but, you know, what if an emergency happens and it's like a missed opportunity for something? Also, a a telltale sign you know, that you might need boundaries with your phone. If you are at a dinner or you're with a friend and someone mentions like, hey, like, you know, could you could you put your phone down just so that we can like, connect with each other? Almost every time someone says that to me, the next words out of my mouth are, I was just. I was just. I was, I was just, just che- I was just checking I just, this. I was just. I, I was no, shut, you are, shut your mouth. Shut, 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 shut your, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> you're always just. I was just. I was just checking the menu. I was just texting a friend back real quick. I was just, I had to do, do yeah, something real quick. The problem quick. is you're also communicating that that is more important than that person. And again, your yes to your phone is a no to that person. Right. So, But it's also a yes to your phone is sometimes a no to you. Think about the mindless scrolling that we do. Say you're not, it's the weekend and you're not working. And no one's trying to get your attention but you're just sitting there scrolling. You know that feeling of when you don't know where the time went, you just went down a rabbit hole. Um, And when you you honestly finally get off your phone and you feel worse about yourself and worse about your life, well, setting a boundary or even a timer of saying, I am gonna mindlessly scroll, but it's gonna be for 15 minutes because because I know it's gonna steal my joy, but I refuse to cut it out entirely. That is a healthy boundary. Agreed. And again, we all know why this is a problem. We know why technology is a problem. We know that there's dopamine centers that actually are target our dopamine receivers to, I mean, increase this addiction that we have yeah. to our phones. So it's it's honestly, it's, it's it is, it just, is it's like, like a getting, drug. Yeah, it's it truly is like just a drug. as addictive. And so creating boundaries with that are, I mean, arguably, they might be more important than anything else. And so here's a few that we have created around technology. When we're eating dinner, no phones on the table whatsoever. When you go out with a friend and you're sitting down at the table with them, maybe it's a friend you haven't seen in a long time, whatever it is, just fight the urge to pull your phone out of your pocket and to put it on the table because what you're saying to them is, hey, my attention is on you unless I get a text or unless I get a call or unless my attention is on this. Because remember, your yes to one thing is a no to another. And you might be thinking, well, I only have an hour and I need to know when to leave. Well, there are ways around that. First of all, Help them hold you accountable. Again, setting expectations, saying to the friend, hey, I have one hour. Will you help me like make sure that we pay the bill and everything on time? The other thing is set an alarm on your phone for 15 minutes before you need to leave and then one for when you need to leave. Now you can put your phone away and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and maybe even put your phone on do not disturb if you're having you know lunch with a friend or something like that. Another thing is um, if you can, <clears throat> excuse me, if you can, Try not to sleep with your phone within arm's reach of you. And now I know you're like, the, the common argument for that is I use it as my alarm clock. We all do. You can still hear there it from across. There are also alarm clocks. There, there are these things <laughs> called alarm far clocks. before phones came out that are called alarm clocks and they work. And it's so funny. There's actually clocks that wake you up slowly 
with a gradual light increase versus this abrupt alarm sound, Mm -hmm. our bodies and our brains were normally meant to wake up with the sunrise and with the sunlight, not with this loud marimba sound, you know, which I wake up to. uh, Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, but either way, even if, even if you don't want to do the alarm clock thing, something that you could try is just charge your phone across the room, face down, out, out of sight You'll still hear the alarm, but you won't feel that pull. And you know what's great about that is actually to turn the alarm uh, off, you have to get out of bed (laughs) rather than just hit the snooze. So try that one. Uh, Another thing that we do with our phones is um, I am guilty of this. I'll go on Reddit and just start scrolling at like, you know, 10 or 11 or right before bed. I would sit in my bed and do that. And a couple things. One, screens stimulate your brain. And so they inhibit your ability to fall asleep. So to try to do that but the second thing is our world it, it, it's not a light landscape no, it's not a light not. atmosphere in our world right now and so the things that i was seeing on reddit as i was scrolling the news that i was seeing it is it's troublesome mm-hmm. and it makes me want to act and it makes it it activates my justice center and so i get there at, at 11 o'clock and i go through and i read all these things and i I want to change it all and I get so angry and bent up about it and I can't do anything about about it at 11 o'clock. So maybe save that for the middle of the day when you you can put thought and energy to it. It's a healthy boundary. It's the same way of saying, hey, you don't have to cut out cupcakes, but there's a certain time of day you should eat them where you can burn off that sugar. Right. And what we've realized is for our emotional health, Eat cupcakes all the time. <laughs> right. In the only middle of the day, every day. No, oh, is that when it say. comes to technology, first of all, when we're done with work, we're done with work. But just for like enjoyment with social media, um, whatever it is, none, none in bed, no social media in bed. No cupcakes in bed. Yes. No phones in bed. Um, and that means in the morning as well. And also that time block, the first hour that we're awake yeah. No phones, no scrolling, and the last hour that we're awake. Just try it. We started doing this, no phones after 10 p.m. whatsoever, no phones in our bed. And it has been a game changer. You know what I started doing? I just started reading again. You know, I, I mean, I used to, to read every single night before I went to bed. And I had a bookshelf filled of books that I that I finished. And then I my phone kind of came into play and I stopped reading as much. And I'm, I'm really enjoying reading right. again. It's also, though, when you first wake up in the morning, you are... There's really not a better way to put it than fragile. You just were You're definitely fragile. Well, when I'm you very wake up fragile, in the morning. but your brain is like when you wake up in the morning, it's like you just went through a time warp. Like you wake up in <laughs> 1945 and you're like, <laughs> you're like what? I don't sleep well. Like what, um, what year is it? I'm like, are you? But truly, you wake up and your your brain is this sponge. Well, if as if as soon as you wake up, you open up your phone and you see the news that you know is not going to be good news. You're starting off your day on a bad note. Yeah, and and then you carry that stress and that strain into the rest of your day with you. But if you would just set that boundary, and even if that means you need to wake up 30 minutes earlier so that you have a full hour before you need to start checking work emails, uh, reading the news, all of that, in that first hour, you can actually hear your thoughts and center yourself and plan out your day. Yep. And by creating that healthy boundary, you're more actually, you're more available. The better, the, yep. the better version of you is more available to everyone else that One day. One of the things we started doing is even though our workday starts at nine, we'll wake up far before that. We'll make our coffee together. And we'll, we just started sitting on the porch in the morning, just and drinking our coffee together with no phones. And it's just a fantastic way to start our day. And 
because the best part of waking up, the best part of waking up is anything other than Folgers in your cup. Is a... Basically, create a boundary around your coffee. Don't drink Folgers. But if you do, (laughs) all the grace. So anyways, that is, uh, you know, my, that's my book report. And so I hope that's helpful for you guys. Um, How was my grade? How did I grade out for my first book report? Did I do okay? I would give you... And that's all the time we have, so... (laughs) But seriously, guys, I um I I loved this book. Yeah, I, I know great. Will did too, and and I feel like everybody who is on this like journey to like finding how to know themselves better and be a better participant in life, a lot of them have read this book. But we are also going to include a link to this book yep. in our show notes because we're heading into some tough and awkward months, and a lot of yep. us are headed home to be with our families who we don't agree with on our political views or, you know, anything else that's going on. So Or whether or not it's called dressing versus stuffing. Don't even get me started. I have or a boundary whether it's there. Pecan versus pecan. pecan. Um, Regardless, we think these boundaries are yeah. important and just, And there's so much in this book that'll really yeah. help you put language and illustrations around why you need a boundary and how you could start to implement and them. And to help you have some hard conversations that you maybe have been needing to have for a long time. And again, these are personal. So whatever your boundaries around your relationships or career or whatever it is, they're personal for you, but make them because yeah. it's worth it. Because ultimately, I think boundaries lead mm-hmm. to freedom. We all want that. And being able to say no to some things help us say yes to the things Absolutely. that we want. It helps you make your yeses mean yes, your no means no. And at the end of the day, the only way your boundaries stick is if you stick with them. And we're going to end now with a song from Chris Allen. There are no boundaries. <laughs> the whole time. I was thinking about it the whole time. So anyways, we hope that was helpful for you guys. Share this episode with a friend if you thought it was helpful. If there's somebody you haven't had a conversation with around boundaries, just passive aggressively yeah. send this to them. Just shoot it in their inbox. Like, hey, you should listen to this. No reason. Just, yeah. you know, other than you should. And if you like this episode and you found it helpful, we would love for you to go um, over to our page. Go over to our Venmo page and yeah. send us money if you <laughs> no, want No, we would to. just love for you to rate us. Um, we'd love for you to give us a review and tell us how you're liking the podcast and anything, any topics you'd like for us to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Leave those on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And then if you want to reach out to us and uh, just for anything at all, if you just want to be friends with us on our Instagram, you can do that at Gen Y Podcast, G-E-N-W-H-Y Podcast. That's us. And we'd love to meet you and get to know you a little bit. That's all we got this week. And we, uh, again, oh, quick announcement. We are moving to an every other week format for the podcast. So we won't say see you next week. We will see you in the week after next. And that is so that we can spend more time curating great content for you guys. So in the week after next, we will see you with a new episode of the Generation Y Podcast. Podcast.